Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Kroger, fresh for everyone. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. I'm in a position that I don't really want to be in. On a Friday, we typically like to create good vibes to go into the weekend, whether George is actually going to play on the weekend or not, just something kind of nice about a weekend, you know, a little time off from work for many of you. And so we like to be in a good mood on a Friday we possibly can. And I don't like to ever really be what I would think of as kind of a wet blanket, someone who's kind of, you know, creating negativity where it doesn't need to be, especially on a Friday. It just sort of seems like the wrong thing to do. But as I look at my, you know, prepared show sheet for today, this was not this was not planned. It was not even necessarily anticipated, but it has worked out this way. I guess I'm a little bit of a wet blanket on today's show. Uh, coming up in a few minutes, there's a thing that Georgia fans have kind of taken some comfort in over the course of the last 24 hours. And I guess I've got to step up here and say I don't believe this is real. So I have to be a wet blanket as it relates to that. I don't necessarily relish that, but I think it's going to happen. And off the top of the program here, I am also going to be a little bit of a wet blanket saying that some nice things that ESPN is saying about Georgia might not should matter too much to UGA fans. And so I guess I've got to work hard in the midst of this conversation, try to find a way to put a positive spin on this, because who wants to be such a sourpuss going into a Friday? Uh, so I've got to be careful with all of that a little bit. But let me kind of explain it this way and we'll just sort of see where it takes us i like it when espn kind of gets all their writers together they do kind of like a round table type conversation it's almost like a it's almost like a text thread what almost ends up kind of functioning like and it's an early preview for the 2023 season around here we believe it's never too soon to start talking about whatever the next college football season is and so here in january why not spend a little time talking about what might happen next year and there's this like you know collection of espn writers and one of the questions they were kind of kicking around is well, who is the best player in the country for next year? And you're probably not surprised to see some Georgia players kind of factor pretty prominently in all of that. Good bit of hype coming the way here. First for uh, Brock Bowers, Adam Rittenberg, who's a writer for ESPN, makes it very clear in the midst of all of this that uh, he believes that Brock Bowers is the best player in the country. And who are we to uh, dispute all of that? Let me read what uh, Rittenberg says here. He says, he won't be the number one overall pick in the 2024 draft, but think about what Bowers already has accomplished in his career. He's almost impossible to stop on a consistent basis, despite being the most consistent receiving option for the Bulldogs. Bowers strikes me as a player who should already be in the NFL, but has to stick around the college level for another season. He's going to be working with a new quarterback this fall, but I expect another huge season season for the Mackey Award winner. Once again, that's Adam Rittenberg from ESPN touting Brock Bowers as college football's best player. Now, I have to say, I believe this to be true for quite some time, that Bowers, I think, is just as good and just as valuable as anybody. And if I had the chance to trade him for anybody in college football, be it Caleb Williams or one of the other quarterbacks in this past season or any certainly pass catcher out there, I wouldn't swap Bowers for anybody. I think Bowers is that good. And, you know, I have to admit that, you know, along the way this season, I guess I probably at times would sort of get a little frustrated that that George was content to kind of keep him in kind of a, a, a an ensemble role in kind of a complimentary role to the other guys in this offense and didn't really fully showcase what Bowers was. And I have to admit that I sort of thought that was a mistake. Well, ultimately, Georgia went 15-0. They scored a million points along the way. They finally did unleash him in the national championship game because at that point in time, there's no point saving anything. That's just the last game, and Bowers had darn near 200 yards receiving. So pretty clearly, Georgia had an understanding of what Bowers was, and when they really got to the moment at the end of the season that mattered, they unleashed him, and he had a great game. And uh, I think pretty clearly Bowers has had a chance to demonstrate just how good he is. But at a place like Georgia, they're not going to let anybody kind of stand out from the pack from anybody else that Georgia tries to spread the football around, tries to get everybody involved. And who's to say that's not working when you are the back-to-back national champions and when you've obviously had the offensive uh, success you've had? So I think that Rittenberg's probably right. Bowers is that good. And yet I think in 2023, we're likely to see Bowers still somewhat in a similar role that he kind of was this year, where it's like you may see him explode a a game or two and they may get somebody else involved the next game. And then if they ever get into a situation, they really need somebody to step up. Well, Bowers will probably be the guy they call on to do that. But if George is coasting through most of much of the year the way they did this past year then you may not ever you know quite see Brock Bowers really featured and showcased in this offense the way that maybe other offenses showcase uh their best uh player but that doesn't seem to slow Georgia down from being as good as can possibly be 
But that's actually not my reason for bringing all this up. My reason for bringing all this up kind of also coincides with while Adam Rittenberg, the writer, is saying, I believe that Brock Bowers is the best player in the country. You've got a different ESPN writer in this sort of roundtable discussion saying, actually, I think a different Georgia player is the best player in the entire country. Bill Conley made the case for Jamon Dumas Johnson, the linebacker here. So once again, let me kind of show you this. Uh, an ESPN writer saying some very strong things, some very complimentary words about a Georgia player. Uh, Conley writing of Jamon Dumas Johnson that he's strong against both the run and the pass and with more pass rushing opportunities, he could become one of the nation's sack leaders on a per rush basis this past year he says he was brilliant once again that's bill conley from espn okay so here's the thing that if you really look at this espn kind of round table of all these riders looking ahead to next season you've got the possibility that georgia has the best offensive player in the country in brock bowers according to what adam rittenberg says the best defensive player in the country uh in jamon dumas johnson according to what bill conley says now at face value of course that's good news because as we've said before in order to be a great team you've got to have a collection of great players top end performers playing at the highest level moving on to the first round of the nfl draft getting those all american nods or first team all sec type stuff that's what the collection of national champions always has is that is that that group of elite players will propel the, the team to that kind of success and as we've said already i believe we said this this week that georgia's kind of set up pretty well in 2023 for once again that to be true but the level of praise that espn gives georgia here i think it's the kind of thing that georgia fans ought to be a little bit careful with a little bit cautious about and i'm not talking about rat poison i'm not uh, you know and anytime you hear like these, these kinds of good things said about your team there's a tendency to sort of veer this in the direction of what Nick Saban once kind of brought up about rat poison and, you know, the idea this could breed complacency on this team or something like that. And that's not what I'm talking about here. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm going to tell you, though, is and this is where I kind of like become a little bit of a wet blanket. Don't mean to be and hopefully I don't stay this way very long. But my point here is, is that with ESPN saying, ah, George is going to be the preseason number one. They got the best offensive player in the country in Brock Bowers, the best defensive player in the country in Jamon Dumas Johnson. Doesn't that sound an awful lot like what we would have heard about Alabama last year, who was also the preseason number one and also on paper was thought to have the best offensive player in the country and quarterback Bryce Young and the best defensive player in the country in uh, edge rusher uh, Will Anderson? That doesn't all of this sound very, very similar. And what we saw with Alabama a year ago is it's just really difficult to predict how a season is going to play out. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. College football is easy to project, but difficult to predict. We can look on paper and see who should be number one to begin a season, but to actually have it play out that way sometimes turns out to be a little bit more difficult to predict than it seems like it's possibly supposed to be. And as Georgia gets ready in 2023 to, as we say around here, go for three in 23, the fact that they have won the last two national championships, I don't know that it makes the upcoming Georgia season any less difficult to predict than it otherwise would be that just sort of stands to reason for me that somehow some way something's going to occur some sort of issues are going to be there to, de to deal with that is just not quite likely that Georgia coasts to this national championship with a player like JDJ on defense and a player like Brock Bowers on offense as a preseason number one the idea that Georgia just sort of coasts through the season wire to wire I'm led to assume that it won't be any easier for Georgia as a preseason number one this year than it is for most preseason number ones in most year, including Alabama here this past season. And if you don't believe me on this, let's listen to Kirby Smart. Now, Smart was speaking to ESPN back in early January about how challenging it is to win back-to-back -back titles. So we're going to take what Smart said about trying to win two in a row and now amplify that a little bit more about the idea of trying to win three in a row. And Smart would tell you that, hey, you know, obviously you wouldn't even be in a position to do this if you weren't already a very good team, but lots of very good teams who've been in this position have kind of just sort of fallen by the wayside and somehow, some way, have found it uh, you know, difficult to do, a mission that was difficult to finish. So Smart's own words from January, I think, set the stage for an even greater challenge for this upcoming season. Once again, here is uh, Kirby Smart on that topic. I know how hard it is to do because there's a lot of times we didn't do it, if you know what I'm saying. We did it once, but while we were there, we, we won four and we were only able to 
repeat once. It's really hard to do because human nature is to relax. And when people pat you on the back, human nature is to say, I'm good, I've done a good job. And, you know, we want to last year, let's take a year off. Uh, I also had the great fortune of having a really good team last year, and our, our, our staff and our organization did such a good job with that team, but we lost all of them. So it was like starting over. So the motivation job was probably not as hard as most repeats are. So I think that's really interesting from Smart there. And obviously the thing he's speaking about at the beginning of that clip is his time in Alabama where they obviously won a lot of national championships and had, as he said, lots of opportunity to repeat, but only actually succeeded in doing that just the one time in 2011 and 2012. Now, well, now Georgia's done this here uh, in 2021 and 2022, but the task of coming back and winning that third, I don't think it's any easier because you won the last two. As Smart said, hey, maybe it's even more difficult because there's just that natural tendency to want to relax at, at some point in time. I honestly don't know what the future holds for Georgia. I don't know what the next year will be like, the next 15 games that Georgia has a chance to play there in 2023. But I do believe this. For as possible as I think a third straight national championship is, I think it's going to be really, really hard. And on paper, I can't necessarily explain why it's going to be really hard, but I'm led to conclude that it probably will be. And some of the people who are already kind of flippantly, yeah, Georgia will win the national championship. I've already called it. I've already predicted it. I just think that that's – even if it turns out to be true, and obviously I think there's a very good chance it will turn out to be true. Even if it turns out to be true, I, I think to be so flippant and just already declaring that uh, I, I think is a misunderstanding of what actually awaits Georgia or any any team that might find itself in the spot when you look ahead to the upcoming season. College football oftentimes just proves you know very, very difficult to predict. And, by the way, if Georgia actually does end up winning it, if Georgia actually does bring home a third straight national championship, spending this time at the beginning of the year with a full appreciation for just how difficult that task is and how challenging that journey will be, I think will actually make the moment at the end of all of this all the more enjoyable when you appreciate just how much Georgia has been able to accomplish. That no matter how big of a favorite Georgia's going to be in all its regular season games, and no matter how many consecutive games Georgia would have won by the time it gets to next year's college football playoff and whatever else stands their way then, it is still not easy to do this three years in a row. But here's what we know. Georgia's going to give it its best shot. And one way or another, even if I would tell you to ignore the ESPN hype, the truth is it really is good to have a player of Brock Bowers' caliber on offense. And it really is good to have a player of Jamon Dumas's Johnson's caliber on defense. And while they may be the best, there are frankly a lot of Georgia players on both sides of the ball who come pretty close to being just as good as those guys are there as well. So there is a reason that Georgia's in the position that it is, preseason number one, with a chance to win three straight national championships, because it does have an awful lot of talent. And maybe Georgia Georgia can kind of find that secret magical recipe that give it a chance to do something that no team's done and really in all of modern college football history the idea of three straight national championships it is a very very big topic but it's a conversation around these dogs that we're going to be having all year long my name's Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. We're presented today by Kroger, and we are happy to have you with us, no matter how you get to us today, live on video, 945, first and 15, dognation.com, the Dog Nation app, 10 a.m. after that, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, of course, on the radio at noon on Athens Sports Radio 960 The Ref, and as a podcast, wherever you find them, Apple, Spotify, all the various podcast platforms there, too. We're just happy to have you with us as a part of our program today. Big thanks to our friends at Kroger for making it all possible there as well. You know, we're getting really close to uh, Valentine's Day. You know, we're kind of post-college football season, at least anyway. We kind of roll through the final uh, NFL games, conference championship weekend this weekend, obviously Super Bowl coming up after that. Then you're getting ready for Valentine's Day on the other side of all of that. And of course, Kroger's got savings to swoon over here during this uh, Valentine's time of year. Baking supplies, treats, candies, Valentine's Day cards. You know, Valentine's still be uh, kind of a big deal for my kids. It's one of those things where, like, they're very well aware of all the holidays that exist where they get gifts for, and obviously Valentine's on their list. So it's not just like, trust me when I tell you, <laughs> like my wife and I, we don't really share much of anything with Valentine's for each other at this stage of our life, uh, but we do lots for our kids, I guess, because that's what they sort of expect. So whatever Valentine's means for you, your sweetheart or your kids or whatever else, you can get all big time savings on that with your local Kroger, Kroger.com slash Valentine's for more on that. 
Kroger.com slash Valentine's for more on that. Or as they said when I was younger, they used to say Valentine's. Y'all ever say that? Uh, Valentine's? Uh, this is, let's make sure we know it's actually Valentine's. Valentine's. That's how it's spelled. Uh, but nonetheless, Kroger.com slash Valentine's for more on that. We're going to get Jeff Sintel. Pretty wide-ranging conversation with Jeff here coming up uh, on a lot of fronts. Obviously getting ready for the conclusion of the 2023 recruiting cycle next week. So we're excited about that. Georgia's got a couple of big names still in mind there. And there's already some pretty interesting rumblings here on the class of 2024 as well, including a big decision looming on National Signing Day for 2024 prospects. So we're going to cover all that with Jeff here coming up in a moment. Before that, though, let's go around the doghouse here presented today by our friends at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. And once again, I kind of find myself in the role of wet blanket here for a moment because there's this thing that Georgia fans have been sharing, and I've seen the graphic kind of like constructed a couple of different ways here. So I honestly don't know what the origin story on this is, but man, there is an epidemic right now of fake quotes out there where um, there was one with like Joe Burrow this week. There's just a lot of thing where you like you take some words that kind of fit into whatever the hot topic conversation on the internet is, you paste those words next to the so-and-so's face. It's a nice-looking graphic, and that thing just goes viral. Uh, I don't really know. I mean, it's like the old line from the Batman movie about some people just sort of want to watch the world burn. I really don't know what the benefit is of kind of passing around sort of the fake quote stuff. Uh, But it seems like there's way more of this than there used to be, and I have to confess, I believe that one of the things that Georgia fans have been passing around here a little bit as of late, I believe is a fake quote. It may have been real at one point in time, but it's been kind of passed around as sort of new information as a response to some of the Todd Munkin to the NFL uh, rumors and reports have been out there. And so I have to confess, I think this is not real. Let me show it to you anyway. And uh, I'm going to probably confuse people more by even showing this, but I don't believe this is real. So though the way it always works is, is like, uh, you see the, the quote kind of framed the same way almost every time. Early Thursday morning, Munkin was asked about his future at Georgia. Look, man, I love to win, and we're winning right now. As long as we keep doing that, I love it here in Athens and plan to retire here. I, I don't believe that that's a real quote. I don't, I don't, I don't think Munkin ever said that, and I don't think he said that this week. And I just have to admit, I don't believe that's real. And so like when, when you see these things pop up, if you just want to search the quote, because if, if Munkin gave a quote that's that clear and that direct – then it would be literally reported everywhere. They'd be, I mean, our site would be writing about it. The other sites would be writing about it. That's the kind of thing that everybody would be writing about. So if you search a quote like that and you don't see the quote pop up in the search, then that's all you kind of really need to know. That's a volatile enough quote that if that was real, I mean, trust me, you know, we brought five stories about it. Uh, and so when you search something like that, you just don't see it pop up. That's what it kind of lets you know. However, so since that's not real, and I don't want to kind of fully be a wet blanket here about stuff like this, Let me give you something that is real, because if you want to go back to Los Angeles, we were there for the national championship, had a chance to sort of briefly talk with Todd Munkin. A lot of folks did had a chance to briefly talk with Munkin. And one of the things that came up at the time is his coaching, you know, past and what he has been interested in. And and, you know, the decision kind of go Southern Miss head coach and then you're back in the NFL, you're calling plays in Tampa, you end up in Cleveland. For the most part, seems like he was pretty unhappy there. You land at Georgia and obviously I would say he's had the greatest professional success of his career right here at UGA. The, the, the decision to kind of move through all of that. I had a chance to be a part of that conversation with him. This is one of those things where like it's a big room. There's a lot going on. So it's probably not like pristine audio quality, but you can hear what he's saying. So this is, I guess some of the most recent stuff that Munkin has said about his coaching life and the various decisions he's made to take the jobs that he's taken. This was from back in LA, kind of a, a little bit of a window into his thought process about all of that. And it's the kind of thing where, you know, uh, you know, Munkin's pretty matter of fact about a lot of this, but uh, here is Todd Munkin talking about some of his, you know, travels as a coach, maybe this more relevant now that there's been some rumblings out there of, oh, maybe you might be a candidate in the NFL. Take a listen to this. Embrace where you're at. Take on the challenge where you're at because you don't you don't know what's next. You know, at the moment, you do what you think is best for your career. At that moment, I thought, go be the head coach of Southern Miss. And when we weren't very good, I thought that was stupid as hell. That was a dumb decision. But the challenge was there, and I knew it was a great place. I needed to do it better, and we did. And then when the Tampa Bay job came open, I thought that was the best thing for me at that time um, to go take on that challenge. And it was. And when things didn't work out in Cleveland, 
But when I went to Cleveland, I thought it was then. Right or wrong, I did. And when I came here, I thought it was. And so you just kind of take the information that you have and continue to strive to get better in all areas, uh, schematically, dealing with players. So that's all you do because you don't – I don't really know tomorrow. Yeah, so I think that is the real feeling of Todd Monken of – I mean, we said this last week, is that you sort of see the NFL stuff pop up, whether it be Jeremy Fowler from ESPN or Ian Rapport from the NFL Network. Hey, maybe Todd Munkin could be a, a candidate there. But as we told you last week, the local folks in Tampa Bay, the local media that's a little, I would say, closer to the situation, the one thing they were open with their reporting about this time a week ago was – really have no idea if Todd Munkin's interested in this job or not. It just sort of seems like it might make sense as a fit or maybe someone, you know, close to Munkin likes the idea of his name being out there. But there was no certainty that Munkin was interested in this job the way there would have been about Bill O'Brien, who pretty obviously was interested in the NFL, now has been hired by the New England Patriots. There was just not that level of certainty when it comes to to Todd Munkin. And I think when you hear Munkin just from, you know, just a few days ago, sort of speaking about you know, you know, kind of how he's viewed some of the coaching decisions that he's made. I think you're kind of left to know that this is kind of not a guy that just sort of walks around talking that way uh, necessarily. But when you listen to him talk about the various places that he's been, it's pretty obvious that he has found a level of success here at Georgia, and he has seemed to be a fit here at Georgia in a way that maybe he has not always been in all of his previous stops. And so maybe that's the kind of thing that makes Todd Munkin want to stick around. I certainly have no reason to believe that he is leaving or even really a uh, reason to believe that he wants to leave. But at the same time, I think that Todd Munkin's actual feelings on some of this kind of stuff can be a little mysterious just because of the fact that he's not exactly, you know, you know, one of those guys that just sort of walks around, uh, I guess, being super open about things like that. I mean, look. He's very well paid here. He's having great success here. And Georgia seems set up for a very high level of success here in the future. That might be enough to keep him here. And all likely, I guess it probably will be. But this is one of those things that uh, Georgia fans certainly took some comfort this week and maybe thinking that uh, that Munkin had shot all this down. But I'm, I don't quite believe that quote was quite maybe what uh, some Georgia fans hoped that it would be. But that doesn't mean that Munkin has plans on leaving. If anything, he's got plenty of reasons why uh, certainly George would be a very good home for him for the uh, very near future. And obviously, UGA fans hope that is true. And we'll continue to follow this story if something else real does come out on all of this. And for now, we'll make that around the doghouse presented by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. And obviously, here in this new year, so many of you have big plans when it comes to real estate. You want to get uh, close to a new job or you want to get closer to family again or maybe you've lived away and looking to get back here in Georgia and get close to these dogs again there as well. Whatever your plan is for the new year that invi- involves you know, selling a house, buying a home. Our friends at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services can be a great resource for you to help guide you in those real estate decisions. They have 29 offices across our area, more than 1,500 associates working with people just like you each and every day on, as I said, you got to, you know, buy a home, sell a house, you want to get involved in commercial real estate, or, you know, you've maybe taken that step, taken on, on a rental property. Let's face it, when it comes to managing your own rental property, that is a um, that's a big that's a big thing. It's a big time con- uh, consuming thing. It's not for everybody. So maybe property management's one of those things that you want to think about Berkshire Hathaway Home Services for. Let them help you manage the income producing rental property that you have. Uh, whatever your thing is, our, our friends at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services believe the best time for new beginnings is right now. So you can check them out online. B bhhsgeorgia.com it's bhhsgeorgia.com and find out about all the ways in which berkshire hathaway home services are kind of walking people through their real estate decisions getting you from the contract to the closing table and getting a satisfactory outcome for you so that you can really fulfill whatever your ambitions are here in this new year uh let a great real estate decision help guide your way and all of that our friends at berkshire hathaway home services want to do that with you and for you so once again find them online bhhsgeorgia.com that's bhhsgeorgia.com hhsgeorgia.com. All right, there is, before we are done, pretty big rumor out there involving a familiar name, maybe landing back at Alabama. So we'll touch on that here for a moment. And uh, we'll have some fun here before we wrap things up. But a lot to get to prior to that on the recruiting trail. National Signing Day coming up next week. Big rumblings with the class of 2024 too. 
a couple of Georgia Sunnies got some good news this week, kind of a nice pat on the back for them as they finish up their high school career. So we'll try to cover all of this over the course of the next few minutes as we go on the road with Jeff Sintel and our friends from AAA. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insight. On the road, assisted by AAA with Jeff Sintel. A lot of stuff trying to get to here. And at least off the top, some of this is going to be tight end related uh, as we get ready to bring a conclusion to the class of 2023. Obviously, Jeff, right now, the man of the hour, the name to know is the five-star tight end, Deuce Robinson. Seems like George is in a pretty good position here for Deuce, but it's also one of those things that, you know, in the world we live in now, you're always kind of on guard for anything sort of late in the process here. And I guess there's been some chatter as well online about the idea of would Robinson come east and take a visit to Georgia here this weekend. What is the latest on that, and does it matter at all if Robinson comes to Georgia this weekend or not? Yeah, Brandon, I think that's a really good question, that latter part. I think, I mean, first of all, you guys got to understand how busy Deuce Robinson is. I think he, he just got back from Hawaii last weekend. He had a workout with the Dodgers before that. He had his birthday weekend in Hawaii. Uh, he had a workout with the Padres yesterday that took up the balance of his afternoon. And um, I don't I, I don't know. I just got the feeling from Deuce that he didn't really need to see a lot of schools, especially the schools that he'd already seen, like a revisit. I didn't know if that was something that was really, really stressing him a lot or he needed to see a revisit. I think it was probably more of a matter of uh, Oregon that never got a visit, a school like that, him just taking a trip, being able to do that. Uh, the main thing we're going to stress in this recruitment, Brandon, is he has said it's not NIL related, even though this is the time of year where, um, I don't know, I think things stack up. Let me just say that, Brandon, right, and right. tongue-in-cheek a little bit. But um, I, I think the dogs, should they win this recruitment for Deuce Robinson, I think they've done enough. Remember, Brandon, Georgia offered him as a baseball player before they offered him as a football player. That was great. Um, there's actually a relationship that Kirby uh, Kirby Smart was actually coached. His father, Dominic Robinson, another yeah. two-sport player, uh, a guy that played a little bit in the NFL, a guy that is really a successful baseball trainer at in Arizona as well. Um, I think I think that has a lot to do with it. You got to remember, Brandon. This guy took an official visit to Georgia for the Kent State game and. Things we have not seen on the Dog Nation uh, recruiting board in eight, nine years of doing this. We don't usually see Arizona prospects come in for the Kent State game and yeah. Georgia stock surge after a visit. You know, that's usually the throwaway official visit with one out of five. But the dogs remain big here. The main thing I want to stress with everybody, Deuce is going to play baseball. He's going to play baseball whether he's uh, signed and drafted by a, a major league baseball team and do that kind of in the summers. Or he's going to play college baseball at you know one of his top choices. It still feels like Texas, Southern Cal, um, and also Georgia. There is kind of the really really front runners there for Deuce Robinson. You know, Dylan Rayola Brandon is taking a visit to Southern Cal this weekend. The mm-hmm. five star quarterback on every Georgia fan's mind, kind of burned in their brain right now. You know, I, I kind of wonder. You know, that might be a school that you know that might be a school that maybe 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 Deuce takes a trip to. Maybe maybe not, but. There is a strong relationship there between uh, Dylan and Deuce as well. So you mentioned the Dominic Robinson thing, uh, Deuce's father, and maybe I should have known this. I just, I just didn't. I just didn't. You know, Kirby of the day when he was doing the interview with Ernie Johnson and Charles Barkley just kind of dropped that in there that uh yeah you know i coached his father at florida state and i guess i didn't quite realize the family connection for those uh the, with the robinsons had gone back quite so far how big of a factor is that in this recruitment the fact that kirby's known mr robinson for as long as he's known him yeah first of all it was very subtle very smooth they were it asking was. him uh just questions about like you know coaching scope and you know his experience and he said i've gotten to the point now where we're recruiting players that are the sons of players I coached. Well, Brandon, this was way back at Florida State, and I think the Kirby Smart that was a, I believe he was a GA at Florida State for that time. I think he's not the, he was maybe a kinder, gentler soul back at Florida State <laughs> on the practice field than he is than he is than he is now running the mic at the University of Georgia. I think his coaching prowess has grown by leaps and bounds. But you know, he, you know, he's very clever. He just he didn't really about he wasn't talking about. We're talking specifically about Deuce. He was kind of dancing around the rule book there. 
I thought it was funny how Barkley said, like, you know, Kirby, you don't need another tight end. Come on. Yeah, now. it was funny. You got enough tight ends in there, Georgia. Um, it's always good TV when Barkley and Ernie are involved. But I think it's just a, a – I think it's – here's what I know. I know that the Robinsons are very big on relationships. And that one extends a long time backwards when they knew what Kirby was like as a, as a young coach coming up and they see where he is now. Um, obviously, that's got to look very positive to any family, considering what Georgia has stacked up in the Kirby Smart resume right there. Um, I'll say this, Ren. If we want to, if we want to, I think our buddy Connor Riley likes to come with some things called quake takes, which are more earth shattering than um, than hot takes or whatever. Looks to me, from what I saw, Deuce uh, eyeballed him in uh, Orlando for a few practice days. I think the earliest potential contribution he might make anywhere. Texas, Southern Cal, Georgia would be as a as a receiver flex style more so than a pure tight end. Speaking of tight ends, there's also Walker Lyons is out there right now. Walker's a guy that you've covered at Dog Nation already. We saw the photo this week of Todd Hartley and Kirby Smart and Todd Munkin all out there. I have a couple of questions for you on this. I, I guess let me begin with this. Um, if Lyons were to sign with Georgia, does he count as a 2023 signee? And I guess in a day and age in which there's not a 25 uh, man hard cap anymore does it even matter what class he's considered to be in i mean logistically there's some interesting stuff related to lions because as uh, he's told you it'd be a year and a half before he probably got here because of his uh, uh mission trip that he'd be going to as a part of his church with the uh, lds there uh so like logistically how would lions count if he comes here uh good question brandon um First of all, I need to get your take on that picture. Looks like Kirby was on his tippy toes a little bit. So a little very, bit. Uh, astute readers pointed, viewers pointed that out for me. A little bit. Um, I, I'd imagine you'd be the type of coach, Brandon. You're next to a six foot four, six foot five tight end. Would you get on those tippy toes a little bit for a picture? Yeah, listen, I can certainly understand that. And we all have our things about you know pictures. Trust me when I tell you, there's plenty of pictures that kind of get me in the uh, angle that I don't want to be seen at. So uh, my thing's not high, but I got plenty of other things that I'm probably a little self conscious about when it comes to photos. So uh, I'm not going dis- to I'm not going to dispute uh, that issue there. And obviously Kirby stands plenty tall, no matter how tall he uh, actually is. Uh, but yeah, you couldn't help but notice that a little bit, and you also couldn't help but notice the presence of Todd Munkin in that photo, which was a nice thing to see too. Yeah, well, you know, if I was Kirby Smart, I'm, I'd feel good about recruiting tight ends that I have to get on my tippy toes for. That's right. That means he's recruiting those future future NFL bodies. He doesn't need to be he doesn't need to be flat footed for tight ends. He's yeah, after. if it's a tight end, it's the um, same height as Kirby Smart. We got some real problems, right? We got some real problems at that point. <laughs> yeah, those are the tight ends that the Georgia Bulldogs never threw never threw the ball to. That's right. Um, good question, though. I mean, first of all, Brandon, we I probably never will cover a recruitment quite like Walker Lyons. It's kind of a delayed entry. To answer your question specifically, doesn't matter what recruiting class you count for. It's when you show up and enroll. That's when you hit the. That's when you hit the 85. I think the NCA has loosened a lot of rules lately about how many you can sign because of the transfer portal, because of you know guys leaving and coming and needing to have bodies for uh, spring practice after guys hit the portal. Uh, really, Walker is going to show up. I believe he's always told me consistently, 12 to 17 months and. Really, it's not like a. They don't have to build a house. They don't have to build a, a habitat. They don't have to. There's not a set thing where you you check a bunch of boxes. You do a lot of good deeds, and then your mission's over. I know that's a very rudimentary and simple way of explaining it. Um, it's basically just time he has to spend in Norway. He actually has some family in Norway. Um, he's going to do a lot of work, like uh, park and rec type stuff, teaching football working with youth, uh, running like coaching clinics and camps and stuff like that. He says he's going to find time every day to work out, though, and catch a ball. Um, for him, very unique, Brandon. I don't know if we've ever seen, uh, at least to my recollection, a Latter-day Saints, uh, um, member of the Latter-day Saints Church, going to go play at, potentially out of Georgia. You've got a Mormon mission to calculate in here. Brandon used to be Mormon mission, took about two full years, but – they're not quite the same as uh, they were back, you know, a generation ago. Um, Lions is just really fascinating, Brandon, because I think the one telltale thing is I think Pierce Sperling moved up to two. Uh, Lawson Lucky moved up to seven. And then Walker Lions is fifth. So add in Deuce, who we just talked about, number one, number two, number five, and number seven tight ends in the country could potentially all sign with Georgia. And I think there's a, there, there are solid chances of that feat happening. And you got to look at that, Brandon. You and I have been talking about this a long time. It's kind of like the linebacker spot this year in the yeah. 2023 class. Should Georgia do this, 
I'm going to call it the hoarding class because, Brandon, having three of the top five linebackers in the country and having four of the top seven tight ends in the country, Brandon, the SEC entirety as a conference in its totality, they don't do that most years. And the dogs have a chance to do that at both positions in 2023. With a lot of these special situations, you got to look at tight end also. Hartley's room has lost Darnell Washington, Brett Scyther portal, uh, Ryan Goody portal, and then Eric Gilbert portal as well. So he's got four new seats, four open chairs in his room. And that's another consequence of how all this could possibly happen in one recruiting class. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, Lawson Lucky, you know, Pierce Berlin, you know, Walker Lyons, Deuce Robinson. Jeff, if you told me that a tight end coach signed those tight ends over the course of a career, I mean, if a guy stayed here five or six years and yeah. he signed that over the course of his career, that'd be a pretty good job for a recruiter. For Todd Hartley to do that in one year is ludicrous. Like, that's ludicrous to go along with everything else he's already done to sign that many tight ends in one class, if that's indeed the case. Now, I guess. As you said, you know, the Lions thing, you know, sort of ends up being more for the future, maybe, but they're all technically classified in the same group, at least right now. Like, I mean, you got to give Todd Harley another raise because, I mean, he's out there redefining what it means. Not only is he redefining what, what the tight end position kind of means, but he sort of redefined how one would even recruit the tight end position, you know, given the, uh, the absolute embarrassment of riches he might bring in here. Yeah, Brandon, he's a he's a middle Georgia native. I think he went to Jones County High School and almost to the point where you gotta get Ace Hartley on another more important problem like the global warming or the sure. national debt or everybody getting along. I mean, when you look at Hartley, everybody's seen some of the videos where when he has a guy make the league, uh, he requests a jersey and the player signs it and he hangs them all up in the tight end room. We know the phrase, you know, you're going to need a bigger boat from Jaws. Yeah. Well, yeah. they, they may they may give him they give him bigger room too because that's going to stack up. And Brandon, I wrote this. You're exactly right. I wrote this about two or three weeks ago. I said um, this could be the greatest tight end recruiting class of the last five years when you look at schools and how they've recruited over the last five years. And you don't even need to use Darnell Washington or, or Brock Bowers or Oscar Delp. You can just use this one class as the resume resume potentially for Todd Hartley and that would be the best tight end class of the last five years and it could potentially be done in the 2023 cycle what do you make of Munkin being out there for this and you know we've seen I guess he was also uh I think in Tennessee uh, I've seen him uh show up there too I mean he's certainly still active out there on the recruiting trail does that should that quiet down some of the Munkin of the NFL stuff the fact that he is still out there traveling across the country meeting with tight ends tight ends who won't be here for a while um if 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 he uh you know indeed comes the fact that Munkin is still such an ever-present factor on this recruiting trail does that change the way in which some of this NFL uh rumor mill stuff should be covered I think so you see it Brandon not only looking at you know Lions is a guy that won't potentially see the field anywhere in college football until 2024. And there was also a visit earlier this week to go check out Dylan Rayola at Chandler High School in Arizona, the aforementioned number one prospect in the country for 2024. And not only is it's not like just short-term recruiting, and you see him and you see the Georgia helicopter flying everywhere these days. I think it was in Long Island. I think it was in Connecticut very recently. Those social media feeds are coming out right now. They went up to see Ryan Puglisi as well up in Avon Old Farms in Connecticut. Brennan, not a whole lot of we were I think we're talking about a lot of bingo places today on the Dog Nation Daily segment yeah. here. Not a lot of helicopter trips we've seen from Georgia to Connecticut to check on a sure. player, but there you go. Another helicopter trip to Long Island to see another player, the top player in New York for the state of twenty four. Man, they really are everywhere. I mean, if it would be possible through aviation records and everything else, I think this staff is probably gonna check off somewhere upwards of two hundred, three hundred schools in the month of January alone. So let's kind of bounce through some 2024 stuff here for a minute. We can kind of keep this kind of quick if you want to. There's been some chatter lately about Colin Simmons, the five-star edge rusher. Uh, how involved is Georgia in the Simmons recruitment right now? Colin Simmons, I think he liked Georgia a lot. I think it was the first visit. Brandon, the feeling there is LSU had been the team to beat, and Georgia just jumped into the mix with a great visit. He told me Mama loved it. He said Mama said you could come here. Everything works here. Everything fits here. Then you see him on social media. Uh, I think it was a couple of days ago, Brandon, asking who can do commitment edits, not just top whatever edits. Um, he told me he's in the process of narrowing it down. And, Brandon, it's almost to the point where I think George is going to be in it for the balance of the remainder of this recruitment. He's a really special player, Brandon. I don't know if you saw some 
of the love he's gotten on social media and in person from Micah Parsons, mm. probably the best defensive player in the NFL. Uh, his skills are legit, and I feel like the interest in Georgia is legitimate as well. Kind of waiting to see what the NIL numbers, what the NIL connection is going to look like there with Colin Simmons in the long run. That'll be another factor there. On signing day, it's also decision day for a 2024 name there too. Ellis Robinson, a fantastic defensive back prospect. Uh, is How closely should Georgia fans be watching the Robinson decision in the uh, wake of all the conclusion of the 2023 uh, class there too? Yeah, so the thing to watch for Robinson is if he makes a visit this weekend to Alabama. That was a big school, always a big school for him and his process. Um, Brandon Robinson told me verbatim uh, Georgia led before the trip to the national championship celebration and parade. Looked like he was doing, having himself a really good time there in Athens. Looked like the 2024 commits were being really chummy around him, trying to make him feel at home, trying to make him feel welcome. I'll have a story that goes up on dognation.com today about Ellis Robinson. Just a really special person, special football player. And Brandon, the nation's number one corner uh, for the 2024 cycle out of IMG Academy. Kind of feels like dog, the dogs are trying to pull a, a, bear, a bear Alexander here where they got a five-star from the next class on the signing day yeah. for a cycle for the seniors. Um Kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of. Maybe and Brandon, you're sitting there going, "Well, I hope it doesn't go like that, Jeff, because Baird decommitted and then came back. You don't want to go through all that with Ellis Robinson." But and he really likes the dogs. He's always liked the dogs. He's told me multiple interviews. He can't think of a single negative thing about Georgia. Family feels the same way. Brandon, I do feel they're a very strong contender for that decision on Wednesday. And then another 2024 thing I wanted to get into for a moment. You know, Justin Scott postponed his, uh, I guess, commitment decision here this week. I can't tell how big of a factor Georgia is on Scott right now. Um, What does it mean for Georgia that Scott delayed his announcement this week? Good. It's it's good. And you're talking about a five-star defensive tackle, Brandon. That's the guys that you just want to keep seeing them got those guys file through assembly line in the recruiting classes in Athens. And he's now backed it up considerably, Brandon. He wants to back it up until he's taken all of his official visits, which he can't take any yet. You know, Notre Dame, Penn State, some of those Midwest schools were really there on him, really strong in Georgia. I believe Georgia just offered him two weeks ago, and that was right about the time. He set his decision point for the end of January. So I think that's a good thing for Georgia to get back in with Justin Scott. Very interesting on Scott. Some folks think he's an offensive lineman or defensive lineman, one of those guys that plays both ways for his high school program. I think that's one of those that you'll have to see the connection build there between Georgia and Scott for a highly rated player. I want to ask you one more thing about the 2023 class before we let you go. Before that, let me remind folks we are on the road. This is to buy AAA with Jeff Sintel here today. And, of course, you know we're traveling around. We like to have that AAA membership card in our hand. It benefited me so many times over the years when I've broken down or when I've saved money getting a hotel. I mean, there's lots of ways in which a AAA membership has worked out really well for me, but it can also be a great resource for you. And this is what you should know when it comes to your insurance needs there as well. Because in the case of AAA, they've been doing the auto insurance thing for more than 100 years, and they've got a 93% satisfaction rate. That means if they're taking care of that many people and taking care of them at such a high level, they can do great things for you there too. So I think it's time for you to find out what AAA can do for you when it comes to your auto insurance. In fact, I want you to give them a call, 833-718-2075, and find out what AAA can do for you when it comes to your auto insurance. Because nobody knows the automotive stuff more than AAA anyway, so let them show you what they know about auto insurance there as well. All right, so Jeff, we'll finish with this. I saw where 24-7 Sports has done their kind of, I guess, final re-rank of the class of 2023. Yeah, we got some uh, little graphic stuff here. I know On3 had done theirs recently, and that was really kind to a couple of Georgia guys. But when you look at the uh, recent 24-7 stuff, I guess the thing that jumps out to me now is the fact that Jordan Hall is now number 16 uh, overall on uh, Rivals and obviously did really well on the uh, re-rank from uh, 24-7 there too I think when you make the list of like who are the most impactful guys that Georgia signed in 2023 I think that Jordan Hall is going to be a pretty high name there on that list any other kind of big thoughts from you on sort of re-rank season and kind of who's gotten a bump I think Freeling's kind of gotten a nice bump here uh, I think that our Raylan Wilson kind of got a nice uh, bump here what else jumped out to you about some of the re-rank stuff 
Yeah, Brandon, good thoughts there. First of all, I think Jordan Hall, Jordan Big Baby Hall is going to come for somebody's minutes, um, come for somebody's reps that was George already felt pretty good about. I don't know if you ever saw when you were parading around the uh, na- excuse me, the national championship open interview period out in Los Angeles with all the dog coaches and players, but hard, hard not to see Trey Scott with a huge smile on his face because he knows what yeah. he has coming back. Yeah, And then, um, I'll just simply put, Big Baby Hall is going to be a name that I think will have a, a Bear Alexander plus type season for Georgia next year. He's just he's just built like that, man, Brandon. He's going to help Georgia and help Georgia fast. Um, not to quite, you know, I always I always listen. Georgia's recruiting these type of players, and all the fan base wants a guy in my position to say he's going to be the next so and so or he's going to be the next so and so. You know, Jordan's not quite the same player as a Carter or as a, a, a Trayvon Walker or anything like that. I really think he's going to be the first Jordan Hall at Georgia, and that should really get folks just as excited because he's going to carve out his own type name. You see Monroe Freeling, Brandon, can't stress this enough, is when we start rolling out our in-depth profiles on the 2023 signees, we always call them the next generation. Um, Brandon, I can't tell you how big – Monroe Freeling was for Georgia. Not only did he look good against the top players in the country in Texas, he won the rep test, he passes the eye test. But, Brendan, I don't know how many people flash forward to the 2023 and 2024 season um, and what Georgia will look like at tackle. Brendan, you don't, we can't expect Broderick. We can't, you know, Broderick Jones is going this year, but you look at it and you're going to see Marius Mims also gone. And there's going to be that other guy that maybe steps in for the projection of Ernest Green the third. I think Monroe Freeling could be could, could could certainly be considered a starter candidate by his second year, six seven, you know, three hundred pounds. Brandon and he, and he laughs. He kind of like he loves it when people talk to him and they say, "Man, you don't look three hundred. You look more like two sixty. That's what he wants people to know. That's how trim and athlete he is. Yeah. Sometimes you look at him and you're like making a block, and you're like, "Is, is that a tight end? Or is that is that is that Monroe?" You see him from the side profile, Brandon. There's not a lot of extra bacon and eggs and mashed potatoes and hash browns and peanut butter and jelly there. He does yoga. He's very fit. He's very active. Brandon, he's got a 30-inch vert. I don't know how many tackles Georgia has signed that has a 30-inch vert. Um, maybe Broderick was pretty close to that, but he's a guy that's going to have to be a plug-and-play guy for Georgia. I think Raylan Wilson's going to be special. I mean, I'm going to say it all along, all along till I'm kind of blue in the face. Uh, I think the 2024 defense with a lot of these guys in their second year, plus the 2022 guys, that's going to be the best defense Georgia has ever had all across the board. That's good stuff, Jeff. I really appreciate that. Thanks for being here on the road. It's just about AAA today. Hope you have a uh, great weekend. We'll look forward to reading from you. You said you had some good stuff coming on L.S. Robinson. Can't wait to read that. You also had a great piece this week on Sammy Brown, some other stuff there too. So dognation.com, the place to be for all of the uh, UGA recruiting coverage. So enjoy that weekend, Jeff. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you some next week as uh, National Signing Day will be upon us. All right, man. Take it easy. Everybody have a great weekend. You too. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. By the way, we had a great night last night. So, you know, a lot of times during the year, you don't really get get a chance to have that, like, holiday party for us because the holiday time of year, Christmas, things like that, kind of comes at a time in which we're getting ready for the college football playoff and things like that. We're even more spread out uh, during that time of year than we normally would be, our, our Dog Nation team. So... Uh, we had a chance uh, last night to sort of reflect on our year a little bit, got together um, a local spot here in Atlanta where there's like some mini golf stuff going on, had some great food, great time. Uh, our Dog Nation team's grown a little bit behind the scenes, and that was kind of a fun thing uh, to be a part of. Uh, very competitive last night, too, by the way. Um, getting after it with some, uh, with some mini golf stuff in one of the uh, local places here around the Atlanta area. Just a really, really fun time. So uh, it's kind of good to do that. You know, we see various... You know, I, you know, obviously, you know, Jeff, Mike, and Connor and I, we see each other on the road. Sometimes we're traveling for games and things like that. But a lot of our Dog Nation team spends most of the year, you know, part of us in Athens, part of us here in the Atlanta area. I'm pretty much always in the studio. So we don't always get a chance to, to be together as a full team like that. We had a great time last night. So big thanks to uh, our fearless leader, BJ Sweeney, who kind of made all that possible last night. And uh, just fun to be able to do that and reflect on what I think was not only a great year for the dogs, the team that we cover, but also a really good year for Dog Nation, too. So we were really proud of that 
and I had a great time there uh, last night with all of that. Now, we'll all be together, at least most of us will be together, uh, coming up for the Dog Nation cruise this April. In fact, that's a great way to segue here into cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. So many of you, in fact, we've heard from a lot of you this week who've already said, hey, we're getting excited about it. We're going to be on board. Independence of the Seas coming up this April, and I can't wait for that. And obviously, I'm excited about my family cruise coming up in February here, too. Uh, really, just kind of count down just a few weeks away from what I think for my family is pretty much needed vacation. We've obviously got a lot going on in our life right now. So uh, we're trying to uh, get all that squared away so we can enjoy this time. And hopefully, you have your own vacation you're looking forward to here in the upcoming year. I just felt we need that, right? You you need those moments to kind of re- refresh, recharge. And for us, there's no better way to do that than with a Royal Caribbean cruise vacation. You've heard me say this before, that when it comes time to plan your Royal Caribbean cruise vacation, the same thing we do for our Dog Nation cruise or whatever specific Royal Caribbean trip you might be taking here this year, Great Travel Agent makes all of this more enjoyable. And I think the process of getting on board so much easier. And so Royal Caribbean has introduced us to a great travel agent. Her name's Jessica Slater. She was specially selected for us by Royal Caribbean. And you can give her a call right now, 770-718-9147. That's 770-718-9147. You can also visit her online website that she's put together, royaldogs.com. That's royaldogs.com. So if you want information about the Dog Nation cruise in April, maybe still a little bit of a window to get involved on that or you want information about the other great things happening, getting ready for spring break, maybe coming up before you know it, already looking ahead to summer vacations, things like that. Jessica's got you on all of that, so make sure you use her as a terrific resource on that. Now, let's go cruise around the SEC here and talk about some news. Interesting chatter out of Tuscaloosa over the course of the last 24 hours. Certainly seems like it's heating up a little bit about Jeremy Pruitt as the uh, next defensive coordinator uh, at Alabama. I don't know if that means our buddy Mike Griffin is going to be SID at Alabama now or not. I'm not quite so sure how that works. Uh, Michael will have to explain that. But uh, nonetheless, Pruitt could be, I'm saying this in seriousness, that Pruitt really could be on his way. Uh, I guess Tuscaloosa, there's been some media stuff this. There's been some photos come out of Pruitt, like buying a new truck or something uh, not too far from Tuscaloosa. So so maybe that's a factor. I mean, I will say of all the names that are realistic for Alabama, I don't believe that, uh, that Glenn Schumann ever was probably realistic here. But of all the names that are realistic, Pruitt may be one of the few that would actually get Alabama fans excited. And Alabama fans have really rallied around Jeremy Pruitt in kind of the post-Kirby Smart era as the defensive coordinator they still like you know it's, it's one of those things where you know once Kirby left Alabama went on to Georgia had, had his own success and now working on a level of success that may one day even surpass what's happened at Alabama uh all of a sudden I don't know that Alabama fans feel all that comfortable like claiming him as much anymore so they've decided they do like Jeremy Pruitt and so I believe that Pruitt would get a little bit of a hero's welcome if he were to be brought back to Tuscaloosa and I think you know compared to the hires that that Alabama probably could make this would probably stand as a pretty good one I mean, I would say that Nick Saban's ability to hire defensive coordinators has probably not turned out to be as good as his ability to hire offensive coordinators. Most of his offensive coordinator hires have worked pretty well. I don't think Bill O'Brien worked, but prior to that, Steve Sarkeesian was probably the best that he had. Brian Dable has gone on to be an NFL head coach. That was a, probably a pretty good hire that Saban made for the 2018 season. Mike Locks is the head coach now. That probably looks like a pretty good hire. Obviously, Lane Kiffin was kind of a transformational figure for that program. Saban's had pretty good success when it comes to hiring his offensive guys. Ironically, even though Saban himself is a big-time defensive mind, uh, his defensive coordinator hires in kind of the post-Kirby Smart era is a little bit maybe left to be desired. You know, you had uh, Jeremy Pruitt stepping in there. In the immediate aftermath, that worked fine. But when Pruitt became Tennessee head coach, all of a sudden it was Tosh Lapoy that decided he wasn't ready. Then it was Pete Golding. And it seems like, you know, Saban showed some loyalty to Golding, but Golding never really ingratiated himself too much to the Alabama fans. So uh, the Alabama defense, defensive mentality, defensive output, performance is just not what it once was under Nick Saban. So I believe if Saban's going to try to have one more good run at things here before his career at Alabama comes to an end. Kind of figuring out the defense is probably a pretty important thing here. And, you know, probably be well-received and probably justifiably so. I do believe this would be a good hire. But interesting to look at the previous two defensive coordinators, Golding and Lapoy, for different reasons. I'm not really quite so sure either guy was really working all that well for uh, Alabama. I also mentioned earlier in the show that ESPN kind of roundtable thing that was out there of – of you know, kind of looking at you know, best players in college football and the hype that Jamon Dumas Johnson got for that and Brock Bowers got for that. Looking at the, some of the other parts of that uh, story, I think one of the other things that you see kind of pop up there is 
a little bit to say about what's going to happen at Florida here this offseason, where it certainly seems like a guy like Graham Mertz, the former uh, Wisconsin quarterback, has been brought in with a chance to win the Florida starting job. And I think Gators fans justifiably are not too happy about this, that they were sort of hoping for a bigger name at quarterback arriving to the program. But this is a little bit bigger than just the Florida story alone. If you really follow Transfer Portal stuff, I think one of the things that you see here this offseason is is the the big sort of savior name in the transfer portal just kind of wasn't there. At one point, you thought, well, maybe Drake May will be that guy, and there were all these rumors about the big millions of dollars that May was going to get paid as a potential transfer candidate, and just turned out not to be real. Uh, the the uh, the alleged NIL opportunities, they were fake. May himself confirmed that. And then May just never left North Carolina. And, you know, last year you saw a Caleb Williams go from an Oklahoma to USC. There just is no Caleb Williams level transfer quarterback in this year's cycle. Now, there's another transfer portal window coming up post spring, but I'm not expecting any kind of big names, at least to that level, in that version of the portal either. And I think the floor is one of those teams that suffers most from this. It's really two off seasons in a row that that Billy Napier, I think, has had the hope of trying to fill in some gaps on a roster with the transfer portal and that high level of talent that allows that to happen to the degree that Florida needs it to just kind of really isn't there and I'll tell you the other thing to watch out for for Florida a little bit and I know we'll get more into this in the weeks and uh, you know next couple of months here as you start to you know get ready for spring practice Florida's also lost a decent amount off their offensive line they've had some offensive linemen transfer out of that program and when you think about Florida for next season, another thing that makes them vulnerable is not just what they might not have at quarterback, but be real careful with this offensive line here for Florida a, a little bit too. You've seen some kind of quietly some of those names exiting the program from that position group. Some of those names are starting to mount here a bit. And I mean, I just think it's probably safe to imagine when you start looking ahead to your season win totals and things like that, it's going to be a fairly common projection for Florida to have a losing season again and to be much better than than that is going to take a big leap from Florida that I'm not really quite so sure exists on paper the pathway to that I'm not really quite so sure that exists on paper so something to keep in mind there on that Florida with some issues along the offensive line and quarterback stuff that was even kind of showing up in one of those preseason ESPN stories that we talked about I don't have this on the rundown but I just want to mention this real quick because it just came out within the last hour Miami has fired Josh Gaddis as its offensive coordinator. It's, it's crazy. Gaddis won the Broyles Award two years ago at Michigan. Now, he probably shouldn't have. It should have been. It's amazing to me that somehow Todd – I said this a few weeks ago – that somehow Todd Munkin has kind of flown under the radar for some of the success that he's had at Georgia. Maybe him flying under the radar is one of the things that up until now has made it easier to keep Munkin. Maybe that's the case. But, I mean, you want to you want proof of the fact that Munkin's kind of flown under the radar is that – Go back to the 2021 season. It was Gaddis who actually won the Broyles Award for the nation's top assistant. He leaves, go to Miami. Now he's already been fired down there. Uh, meanwhile, Todd Munkin just keeps right on rolling with the same level of success that he's been having. So, uh, you know, Gaddis also had some ties to Alabama at one point in time. But uh, but out at Miami here just today, Josh Gaddis fired by the Hurricanes. Their offense was terrible. There's no there's no disputing that. So the coaching star for Gaddis has certainly fallen quite a bit. Now out of a job there at Miami, we'll make that cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. Now here on a Friday on Dog Nation Daily, we'd like to roll into the weekend in style. And we like to do that with what we call our big finish, presented by the Finish Long Drink. Now for so many of you, you're getting ready to enjoy some of that great Finish Long Drink for your conference championship games here this weekend your football watching plans or whatever you have going on here this weekend the finished long drink we believe goes well with that in fact we like to give shouts out to those who are enjoying some finished long drink including a macy skiles of checks in to say it's my 21st birthday and this was the only plan i had enjoying some finished long drink macy also tags miles teller in there who actually just became an investor in the finish uh the finished long drink too of course you know miles from uh, top gun maverick now kind of a part of the uh, management team there with the finished long drink so uh, macy enjoying that for her 21st birthday and we uh celebrate that as part of our big finish today presented by the finished long drink if you want to be like macy and try some yourself and enjoy all of that 
Well, our friends at the Finish Long Drink can make that possible for you. Just, in fact, go to thelongdrink.com. That's the website, thelongdrink.com, and put in your zip code. You can figure out where you can pick some up today, whether it be a bar near you or a beverage store. Getting out to golf courses, always uh, very popular around the golf courses near where I live. Uh, You like the Long Drink Cranberry, the Long Drink Strong. That's 8.5% alcohol by volume, Long Drink Zero, no carbs, no sugar. The traditional, the blue cans, got the grapefruit kind of citrus flavor with the gin kick. It's a mixed drink, ready-to-drink cocktail right there in the can. It looks like a beer, but it's not. It's a ready-to-drink cocktail right there in the can. So try some today, thelongdrink.com, for more on that. And since I mentioned those conference championship games coming up here this weekend, a great time to get involved here with our friends at MyBookie with the action in fact i was looking at the spreads at my bookie a little earlier so you got philadelphia as a slight favorite against san francisco mike bookie's got that at two and a half you've got kansas city now that the status for patrick mahomes is all cleared up they're kind of back to a favorite spot again over cincinnati at about a point and a half so kind of two fun conference championship games here this weekend and if you haven't opened your account yet with our friends at my bookie this is a great time to do that to get some action down on these games this this weekend not just the 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 point spread you want to do the the totals and things like that a uh, great time to get involved with my bookie in fact take advantage of the big sign up depo- uh, deposit bonus when you do that you put in you know money into your account my bookie is going to essentially double that for you so you put in four hundred dollars our friends at my bookie will put in four hundred dollars for you you literally have eight hundred dollars in your account before you uh place your first bet it's that simple it's winning season at my bookie you can get a big deposit bonus up to a thousand dollars so make sure you take advantage of all of that today simply type my book into your browser the internet will do the work for you then after that use the promo code dog nation that's the promo code dog nation to take advantage of the big deposit bonus then enjoy conference championship stuff this weekend rolling into the super bowl in a couple of weeks college basketball stuff uh whatever's going on uh kind of passing the time before the next college football season Always more fun to have some action down on the games, and our friends at MyBookie give you a chance to do that. So find MyBookie online, use the promo code DOGNATION, take advantage of the big deposit bonus, enjoy the football this weekend, play, win, get paid, enjoy winning season with our friends at MyBookie. So one of the things that goes on as I do the show is we have a comment section that pretty much stays at each other's throat most of the time. Now, a lot of this is like non-Georgia fans kind of popping in here and messing with Georgia fans, and listen, they all enjoy it. their favorite pastime i think so they, they like going back and forth with each other and sometimes they'll kind of bring me into this including our buddy frankie fibonacci on twitter here we'll give him a golden shoe today he says hey dog nation daily and he shouts out some of our other folks in our comment section can i get a retweet if this is one of your favorite pieces of mail to receive in january uh basically enjoying that uh sports illustrated national championship commemorative uh, issue seeing said stetson bennett with the national championship trophy once again the confetti raining down and uh, frankie enjoys that and they all enjoy kind of uh rubbing in the faces from those alabama fans who don't have anything like that in their life right now so frankie will give you a golden shoe there for that and by the way speaking of lousy stinking gators we talked about them a moment ago they got more bad news 274 days from right now that is our gator hater countdown and we'll see you all back here on monday for dog nation daily presented by kroger